You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. That's right, in the backyard of Mickey Mouse himself. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode. Excited to answer today's question. This is episode 86, and we're going to be answering the question, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Before we dive into that, just want to remind everyone to please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We know that many people find the podcast on Facebook or Twitter or some other social media outlet, and maybe you're even listening to this in the browser, still in the app. Maybe you clicked on Twitter and you're listening to this you know, from our website, but still within Twitter, you haven't actually gone over to an app. I want to highly, highly encourage you, head over to whatever podcast app you're familiar with. So that's, that's the iTunes podcast app. Uh, on your Apple device, whether that's a an Android app, whether that's Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, whatever, you can find us on all of those apps. When I highly encourage you, head over, hit the subscribe button. It guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. All right, let's dive in now. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Quite simply, it is the moment that the Holy Spirit enters your life. And this is typically a very dynamic moment for for, for the believer. Um, question. When you were a kid, did you ever play Marco Polo? Or maybe were you a malicious child like me where you would do things like dunk your cousins or younger siblings in the, under the water and hold them under the water? Um, I don't know about you, but I did those things on a regular basis uh, because, you know, just again, it's my own depravity on display for all to see. Uh, but that's the, the type of child that I was. Um, but think about that. Like, have you ever done that? What does it have to do with this topic? You're like, Kenny, well, that seems so random. What are you talking about? Well, whenever you're playing a game like Marco Polo, you're under the water. You are immersed. Or when you dunk someone under the water, they are immersed. Well, the Greek word in the Bible, the, ba- the word for baptism, literally means to immerse. So when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being baptized by the Holy Spirit or into the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the idea that you are being immersed into the Holy Spirit, that your soul, your spirit is being immersed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like the swimming pool and your soul and your spirit is being dunked into him and you're being held there in his uh, presence and in his immersion for all the days of your life. So anytime you look through the Bible, particularly in the book of Acts, and you and you see people who are being baptized in the Holy Spirit, or sometimes it may be translated in certain Bibles, being baptized into the Holy Ghost. Uh, there are other times where it talks about they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or there was a, an infilling of the Spirit of God. There's all different similar language you know, used for this event. But I think as I study the scripture, it points to the idea that this is the moment the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, there is some controversy among Christians as to when the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. There are two major camps. And let me kind of get, let me divide those for a moment. The first camp, uh, most Christians in the world believe that when you are saved, like the moment you believe in Jesus, you put all of your hope and trust in Christ and Christ alone. That's the very moment you become a genuine believer and a genuine follower of God. You become a Christian. You're saved. Your heart is transformed. 
and the Holy Spirit baptize you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. He comes and lives inside of you. He empowers you and he is with you all the days of your life, guiding you, helping you, counseling you, comforting you, uh, sanctifying you. I talked about this back in episode 85. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Most Christians believe that this event where the Holy Spirit comes on you, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the moment you are genuinely saved, the moment you become a genuine Christian, all happens at the exact same time. Now, there is a secondary uh, segment to Christianity. It's a smaller view. Uh, approximately a third of all evangelicals worldwide believe this. May- maybe a little bit more than that by some estimations. Uh, so it's definitely a minority view, but not. it's not so minority where it's obscure. Uh, there's a chunk of Christians that believe that your salvation experience and that your baptism of the Holy Spirit are actually distinct or separate from one another. Most of the people who fall into this camp would be people that would label themselves Pentecostal or charismatic. Other times you have people in this camp that would call themselves uh, spirit-filled because they believe they are filled with the spirit because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they also believe there are some Christians that are not fully filled with the spirit because they have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If I'm honest, I'm always slightly annoyed whenever I hear Christians refer to themselves as spirit-filled as if they are the only ones that are spirit-filled because I I think the Bible makes clear that every Christian is filled with the spirit. So I really don't like that lingo. Uh, But I think most, most people in this camp use terminology like like uh, charismatic or Pentecostal. And most people that are in this segment of Christianity would say that whenever someone becomes a genuine believer in Jesus, that you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, that you are given the Holy Spirit inside of you, but that at a later time in life, there's this second event called the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you are then immersed in God's power. So the way it's been described to me by people who, who believe this and... Uh, just full disclosure, I do not believe this, but the way it's been described to me um, is that if you can imagine a cup, a cup being filled up fully is like salvation. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. It's like taking a cup and filling it up with with water. But then at a later time, God allows for this secondary thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's like taking that same cup and then dunking, dunking it in a pool, right? So you are completely immersed. So there are some Christians that say that salvation and the baptism happen at the same time. There are some that say it happens at a later date. Um, both camps believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you the power of the Holy Spirit in full and gives you the ability to tap into certain spiritual gifts. And we'll talk about that in future episodes, uh, you know, spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, there are some Christians, again, the latter group that say, that you can, you can be a Christian, you could be on your way to heaven, you could be saved, you could have the Holy Spirit inside of you, but you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means you lack the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And with all due respect to my friends in that camp, I simply disagree because I do not see that in the scripture. Now, additional full disclosure, I used to believe that. I've been a Christian a little more, 20 years now at this point, and for the first 10 years of my Christianity, uh, maybe about first 11 years of my Christianity, actually, I believed that. I used to be a youth pastor at a, in a, at a church in a denomination that believed that. I used to preach it and teach it like it was absolutely true. And then about 11 years into my faith, I did some you know, some studying in the scripture, and I just don't see the, any evidence for that. Now, most of the people who believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the salvation experience are separate, they base that on passages of scripture in the book of Acts. Now, 
it is very clear to me that as we study the book of Acts, these are events are descriptive. These are things that happen. The Bible is describing the events of Christian history. It is not prescriptive. It's descriptive, right? It's describing what happened. It's not prescribing what should happen to us. Um, there are a few moments in the book of Acts where it appears that there's a particular group of people that are believers that, that, that then yet not, have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. However, when you really study, there's about four instances. When you really study those passages, it, it does not point to that. It simply points to the fact that these people were believers in God in one way or another, but they weren't truly saved. And then when it talks about them receiving the Holy Spirit, it's talking about the fact that they were being baptized for the first time into the Holy Spirit legitimately because that was the moment they were actually putting their faith and trust in Christ. Uh, in addition to that, as I read all throughout the New Testament, all of the epistles and all of the letters from the from the apostles, I think to myself, if this second baptism is so important, like, I mean, over and over and over again, we're told to walk with the Spirit, engage with the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Like, the power of the Holy Spirit is essential to the life of the believer. If we could not have the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit without having this baptism, then somewhere, it, somewhere in one of the epistles, at least one of the apostles at some point would have said, hey, by the way, make sure you ask God for that additional spirit. But let me tell you, at no time, nowhere, not once is that ever mentioned in any of the epistles. Not even once. In fact, every time an epistle was written to a group of Christians, there is an assumption that they have the fullness of the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit inside them. There's an assumption that they have the ability to tap into the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an assumption that they have the power that they have the power to engage and cultivate with uh, to engage with the Holy Spirit and to cultivate a friendship with the Holy Spirit in such a way that the fullness of the power of God is at work in their life. Never once is it mentioned. You would think if 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 we could not have the fullness of the power of God, the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, unless we had this secondary event take place, you would think that Paul or Peter or some of the apostles at some point would have said, by the way, don't forget to ask God for the second blessing or for the, the second smile, the, the, the second baptism or the baptism of fire. Like there's all different words that, that people use to describe this. Uh, but, but at no time do we see this anywhere in the New Testament. But we do see in the New Testament over and over again an understanding that the fullness of the power of God comes to you the moment you believe and trust in Christ and in Christ alone. If you are a genuine believer and a genuine follower of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You have been born again and you've been baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized into the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not truly filled, that you're less than, because that's not true at all. You are fully filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have access to tapping into this incredible power that God has given you in the Holy Spirit, which is an incredible privilege. And sadly, many Christians, many Christians neglect tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. They neglect fully cultivating a great friendship with the Holy Spirit. And this, my friends, is a tragedy because it is one of the greatest privileges of the believer that as we engage the Holy Spirit, he works in our life. He empowers us and he gives us spiritual gifts so we can do great and mighty ministry for him and for his church. If you are a Christian, I would highly encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom on how to engage with him so that the power of God 
will be evident in your life. That's my encouragement to every believer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am so grateful for all of our listeners. I sure hope this has been helpful and encouraging. If you have a question you'd like to have me answer on the podcast about any topic at all, please feel free to shoot me an email. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. It's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H. O-R-T-I-Z Our intro and outro theme music has been The Boombox by my friends over at The Jam Studio I'm Kenny Ortiz and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us (laughs) 